Friday night. And that dream Friday night was I walked into a moments before the service was to begin, uh, the speaker had canceled. And I was a little bit panic-stricken, wondering what the Lord was going to do. And in this dream I was having, I was just, any preachers in the house? That's one. Thank you, thank you. So you get this sense that, you know, in the dream, I was a little bit uh, anxious, wondering, Lord, what, what do you want me to do and how do you, I just need a scripture, something to launch from. I trust you with the rest. Just, just give me a word and then we'll, we'll go from there. So the Lord laid a passage of scripture in my heart and I shared that with him in, in a prayer meeting uh, yesterday morning. And so perfect peace came over me. Well, lo and behold, this morning, about an hour before life class, I got a call that our speaker that was supposed to be here today was not here. But I said, oh, Lord, I remember what you told me yesterday when I woke up. And so the Lord had already prepared the day and the way. And so I've been at such peace about it. I've needed a little bit more excitement <laughs> in myself because you can get such peace that you're just like, oh, this the Lord's got this. I'm not worried about this at all now because the Lord has already made the way before there was, before I even knew there was a way. And so this morning, I want to share with you a passage of scripture. And I want you to go with me. And I just jotted, jotted down a few notes just as a starting point. But I can't tell you where this is going to go other than the fact that it's going to lead you to victory. And so I want to take, I want you to go with me to Proverbs, the third chapter. And Miss Rebecca Hood, who was scheduled to be here today, our dear friends and uh, missionaries in the country of, of Mexico and Puebla, we're going to reschedule at a time that she can come. She did send her apologies and send her love to you. And I would encourage you when you pray, please remember our brothers and sisters in Mexico. Uh, they have not received the, uh, many times the relief or the resources that we are privileged to in America. And the churches are in need, and they need your prayers. And so I want you to, to lift them up before the throne of grace. In fact, let's just do that before we start today. And, and I just pray that God will speak to your hearts. Father, we love you, and we need you, Lord. I pray for Rebecca and Denzel, Lord God. I pray for Amigos de Fe. I pray for our missionaries and ministers and our, 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 our body of Christ, Lord God, our brothers and sisters in Mexico. This morning especially, I pray, Father, that you will bless them and anoint them and provide, God, for the needs that they have. Let the pastors be encouraged and strengthened, Lord. I pray, Father, that today, Lord, that you would speak not only to me but through me. Lord, I believe that you have this well in control. Lord, I want to get entirely out of your way. And Lord God, I pray that you will speak to hearts and speak to homes and bring breakthroughs in this altar today. And Father, we love you and we need you today in Jesus' name. I want you to look with me, if you will, to Proverbs, the third chapter. I want to begin reading in the first verse. Proverbs 3, verse 1. And I'm going to title this message simply this, Trust Him. Trust Him. I didn't say trust them. I said trust Him. And him being the Lord this morning. I want you to look here in Proverbs, uh, the third chapter. I want to start at the first verse. It says, My son, 
Aren't you glad that he calls us sons? My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. This is the verse that the Lord spoke to me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh, strength to your bones. Mmm. That good? That's gooder than good. That's the goodest. Amen? As we look here at this passage of Scripture, and I just had just a brief moment to look up some things. But the Lord said, trust him with all of your heart. Not a portion, not fragmented pieces, not, not some area that, that you withhold. But he said, I want you to trust me with all of your heart, with everything. Speaks to me of surrender, doesn't it, you? All of me for all of him. Never understood that until it happened to me. In a moment, whenever I came to an altar, laying in my bed on 711 Jefferson Street one night, I had been to the altar as a child, and at the altar of a child, I had said the sinner's prayer. I've asked God into my heart, but I didn't wholly surrender everything to him. But laying in my bed at 711 Jefferson Street, my wife, uh, well pregnant with our daughter Laney, was laying there and even unbeknownst to her, other than the fact that I was just wrestling in the bed, wrestling with the Lord, wrestling so much, I felt a, a, a strong, dark influence. It was like a warring within me. And every person's experience is different. This just happened to be my experience. As I'm laying there, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with, with wanting to be saved in right relationship with God. I'm wanting desperately to, to, to live in that place with God. And I, I was such a state of mind. And I would have this argument in myself. And I, I said, Lord, I, I've tried to serve you before, but I have failed over and over again. I don't know how to do this pleaded with the Lord. Such deep conviction had come over me. Such deep conviction that I was so desperate in myself. I finally, see, because I had been bound on drugs, I'd been bound in alcohol, I'd been bound in self-hatred and self-destruction behavior, and, and I did things that I was so ashamed of, and I did things that hurt other people, and I'm laying here in this bed, and we started going to church, and I would come home from church, and I was just so convicted. Holy Spirit was working on my heart. I said, Lord, either save me by your grace or kill me this night. 
cannot continue like I am. I said, Lord, I wholly surrender to you. All of me, Lord. All of me, Lord. And in that moment, I discovered that he gave me all of him. That angst and that worry and that fear and that struggle and that inability. And I knew from that moment, I'll never go back. I'm not going back. I'm not raising my kids in the same household that I grew up in. I'm not raising my kids to fear their father in such a way that they are desperate and they're afraid to come into the room not knowing what kind of mood daddy might be in or stepdaddy might be in. I'm not going to raise them in that kind of environment. Oh, I tell you, you can go out and try with all of your might to do it yourself, but you will miserably and horribly fail without the agent of the Holy Spirit spirit, the whole God himself living on the inside of you. If you want all of God, you've got to give him all of you. Oh, Lord, give us some transformations these days. It's not self-exalting. It's not, what can I get out of you, Lord? I'll serve you as long as it pleases me. I'll serve you as long as it's not hard. Oh, give us some fathers in Israel again that will say, it don't make any difference. I'll serve you till there's nothing left in me because there's something in me that keeps driving me forward to be who you've called me to be. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. That's a surrender. When you give God all of you, What happens is heaven opens up and says, now, now we can be in relationship. I would not have wanted to be in a relationship with a wife that only gave me half of her heart. I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with a wife that only gave me 75%. You're going to have 75% of me, but not that 25. I wanted a wife that I would give her 100% of my heart, she would give me 100% of her heart. We would become one flesh in the eyes of the Lord. You know what the Lord wants from you? He wants to be one with you. He wants you, all of you, for all of him. Oh, it's not, it doesn't seem an equitable exchange, but I assure you, it is the only way to live in satisfaction and peace and rest with God. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. That meant I had to trust him with my past, I had to pr- trust him with my present, and I had to trust him with my future. I had to trust him with all the failures and the shortcomings that I had in my life. I had to trust him at the right now situation I was in, and I had to trust him for my children and my children's children. And I assure you that God is a faithful God. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Now, that word trust means to have confidence in. I don't have confidence in me. I don't. I, I wasn't raised in a home that trust was a big was was ever afforded. I didn't trust the people that were parenting me. I didn't trust the world around me. I didn't trust uh, uh, any, any level of authority because all the authorities seemed to be abusive. I didn't have any confidence in the authority. So trust was not an easy issue for me. 
Mistrust was a very easy issue for me. So I had to learn to trust the Lord with everything. But that word trust means to have confidence in. And I'm so thankful that Andrea, being led by the Spirit this morning, talked about a furnace that you can step in. And when you step in that furnace and you look up, you'll discover that the one who lives in you will be the one standing beside you. And he'll be the one that will encourage you. And you will discover you can have confidence in God because you'll never face a furnace alone ever again. You will always be in the Lord and he will always be with you. If you will trust in him and surrender to him. Trust in the Lord. I have confidence in. But it also means to be confident. You know what the Lord's confidence in him, what does it produce in us? It produces confidence. It produces a confidence that we can have in him. As I was driving to prayer meeting yesterday, the Lord spoke something to me about faith. He said, as I was asking him about some things and just meditating as I'm driving from the house to the church for prayer meeting, the Lord said, what does faith look like? What does faith sound like? And what does faith act like? Let me tell you what faith looks like. It looks like a devoted heart to a living God. What does faith look like? It looks like a confident person who understands they have confidence not in themselves, not in their ability, not in their righteousness, not in anything that they can do, but they have confidence that comes from an inward dwelling of a Holy Spirit that reminds them of the truth in which they live in because that truth is eternal and that truth brings confidence in the Lord thus brings confidence here let me ask you what does faith look like in your life when you look in the mirror do you see faith when you look in the mirror would you define yourself as as walking as a person in faith now I told you Wednesday night and, uh, and we had a, a ministered a message and one I had never heard before and something God had shown me. And so if you haven't listened to it, you wasn't here, not because I preached it, but I do believe it'll encourage you. Go oh, go back uh, either on the, on the Facebook or go on the website or pull up the app and, and pull that message up and you'll find out that when you become a child of God, that God equally yokes you with himself. And whatever you have lack of, God puts on your side. He's not going to contradict his word. And if there seems to be a contradiction in the word, God, then there's deeper truths to be discovered. And God tells us, do not be unequally yoked, and then offers us his yoke. He offers us his yoke because whatever we have need of, our Lord has provided. And whatever we have need of, God will elevate us to the place that we need. And so if you're at a place of weakness and you need strength, guess what? That strength will come from the Lord. If you're in a place of despair and you need God's guidance, God will give you that guidance. If you're in a place of sorrow, God will bring forth that joy that you need. And that's what it means to be connected to the Lord and walk in that place of equal yoke. Amen? What does faith look like? What does faith sound like? Faith sounds like a wine bag. 
Faith balls around about everything that ever happened in their life. Faith is full of despair, and faith has nothing but complaint to share. Faith can find the problems when nobody else is looking for problems. Does that sound like faith to you? No, that's not faith. Faith sounds like the Word of God. Faith says the enemies are bred for us. Faith says we have victory in Jesus Christ. Faith says I don't care what it looks like. I don't care about the facts. What my concern is is what is the will of God. And the will of God is revival for Crossroads Assembly of God. Let me tell you what faith says. Faith says it doesn't matter what problems we have. God is the answer. Sir, so you got confidence in. But let me tell you that my definition of faith is this it is belief coupled with trust that leads to action. You can have belief, and you're equal with the devil and all of hell, because even hell and the devil believes and tremble. So it's got to be more than just belief. It's a trust, but it's a trust in the belief that's coupled uh, that says, uh, I'm not just going to say I'm going to Florida, but I'm going to put myself in the vehicle. I'm going to fuel the tank. I'm going to take the keys. I'm going to turn the ignition. I'm going to head not west, but I'm going to head east, and I'm going to go in the direction of Florida. I'm not going to go away from Florida. I'm going to go toward Florida, and if you think you're going to Florida, but you're going due west, then let me tell you, you're living in a delusional state and it's not faith faith will only attach to Jesus Christ and faith will always and forever require and desire and cause you to begin to move in a direction toward Jesus not away from him so faith looks like a devoted individual to God. Faith sounds like Jesus when they speak. And faith acts like the reward has already been given and we're just going after it. Amen? Faith. Not in self, not in, not in abilities, not in credentials, not in denominations, but faith in Jesus and his sacrifice. As we see here, the other definition of trust is this. And I think this is a telling of where America is right now. Many times it's where the church is. That word trust means to feel safe. To feel safe. Trust in the Lord. To feel safe in the Lord with all of your heart. Those emotions are a beast, aren't they? They're ravenous. Fear is, is a cancer that spreads. What did you say, say this morning about fear? It's, it's contagious. It's been the most devastating contagion in our world today is fear. Fear. 
fear of death, fear of failure, fear of the unknown. If the church doesn't feel safe in Christ, how will the world ever feel safe? There's no safety in the world, but there's safety in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm not belittling. Some of you are going through the greatest trials of your life. Some of you are physically going through the greatest trial of your life. Some of you emotionally are going through the greatest trial of your life. And I don't lessen the fact uh, that when the enemy comes bombarding and trying to burn down your house, uh, if there's not some angst in there. And I'm not telling you today that you should feel condemned because you don't feel safe. Uh, what I'm saying to you is that God Almighty loves you uh, and he wants to envelop you with his goodness. Uh, he wants to envelop you with his grace. He wants to draw you near to him and say, when you pick on my child, you are picking on me and I will take up the cause for them. When you come against them one way, thou will cause them to scatter dozens of ways. You will not overtake my children because they are safe in me. I tell you, as a grandfather, I love Snapchat. Snapchat is a great invention. I get these little Snapchats from my grandbabies because they're one and two and they know how to use electronics. <laughs> Not really. But my little one-year-old and two-year-old Snapchatted me this morning with the help of their mother, of course. And so I had to respond. I was, they're just starting to talk and it's beautiful. So I tell them, hey, girls, it's Pops. I love you. I love you. So they respond. And they respond, hi, Pops. What you doing? I love you. Mwah. Mwah. She's got it on her phone. Save that for later because once it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> I can only replay it so long. I had to get ready for service. <laughs> but could you imagine... Someone trying to come after my grandbabies, Olivia, my seven-year-old going on 27, my two little ones. Could you imagine? They're going to have to go through me, mama, daddy, grandma, I'm sorry, Nani. They're going to have to go through a lot. Let me tell you, when the enemy comes against you, he's coming against God. As a child of God, when the enemy tries to attack you, let me tell you, there's no one that's going to fight more fiercely for you. There's no one who has fought more fiercely for you. Because when he hung upon the cross 2,000 years ago and he said it is finished, that's exactly what he meant. Everything that they need to conquer the enemy, I have provided through my blood sacrifice of my son, the God the Father, who did not withhold his own son. How? would he much more give us all things freely the enemy comes to you with 
fear. Let me tell you, it is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the blood, the Spirit, and the Word that stands against and fortifies the children of God. If you don't feel safe, I want you to open your eyes and look around your own heart because God is not the one who is causing you to live as a child of God in that place of unsafety. Trust in the Lord. Did you get anything out of this? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Isaiah 26 and 3, you will keep him in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, I believe that you do not need to stick your head in the sand and pretend like our world is not in crisis. I don't believe that. But what I do know is this. You can get so fixated on the things that you so want to happen, and you can listen to narratives that can be rehearsed over and over and over and over and over and over and over in your mind that you're convinced that there is no hope left in the world. What do we call that? We call that CNN, CBS, NBC, Fox Network. We call it, come on now, just, just you turn it on, and I want to hear what's going on. I want to hear what's going on. But quickly, as soon as they go from getting the information to the bombardment over and over and over and over again, gloom and despair and all of these things, then I say, that's enough. Click. And now I need to go, and I need to have my mind stayed upon God. And I can't keep my mind upon God if I don't keep myself in his word and do not allow his word to dictate and to guide where I'm going to do and where I'm going to go. You've got to stay in the book and you will discover when you open the book and say, Jesus, I know you're on this page and I know you got something to say. Lord, let me have ears to hear. God will speak to you. Then you will learn to begin to, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Your faith begins to build, it begins to grow, it begins to flourish. Why? Because you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon the Lord because he trusts in the Lord. Let me tell you where perfect peace comes from. It comes from perfect trust. He said, do not lean on your own understanding. Church, I don't know how God is going to bring about what God's going to bring about in these days, but I don't have to know. We used to get in the car, and we would go a distance in the car. And, of course, the inevitable question was this. How much further? How much further? How much further? That's a child screaming out and saying, how much longer? How much longer? How much longer? And so you have to explain it in ways that they would understand. And don't condemn me, but it just happened to be a favorite in our house. We'll be there in three more SpongeBob's.
Any parent know what I'm talking about? However long it takes to watch an episode of SpongeBob, it's going to take three of those. Do you understand? No. How long is it going to take? They didn't have the comprehension. As wise as we are in the age of technology and all the, all the components and information that we have, we still do not understand the ways of God. I don't know how he's going to do it, and I don't even have to know how he's going to do it. I'm just believing he's going to do what only he can do, and that's bring transformation into this house, bring transformation into this city, which will bring transformation into homes, and people will walk out, filled, overflowing, with the knowledge and the power of the living God, and they will be changed because they understand who they are in Christ Jesus. Perfect peace comes from perfect trust. And what was amazing to me, and this is the attempt at a close-ish. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all of your ways, your paths, your goings, your movement, acknowledge him, he will direct your path. You know what that word acknowledge means? Amazingly enough. It's like when somebody comes in and they, this is what we, we rightfully and define acknowledge. When somebody comes in, you're having a conversation and somebody walks up beside you. And you turn and you acknowledge them. Hey, how's it going? That's acknowledgement. But that word acknowledge there in the Hebrew is yada. I practiced that about a half a second. Did y'all impress with that? Yada. It means to know. To know. It means to learn to know. It means to know by experience. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, know him. Learn to know him. Know him by experience. He shall direct your path. To know him. There'll be many in the last days that come to the Lord and they'll say, did we not do many miracles, signs, and wonders? I believe in miracles, signs, and wonders. I believe that we should be operating on a level far beyond our imagination. But let me tell you, miracles, signs, and wonders, uh, they, are, they are wonderful if they point people to Christ and they further the kingdom of God. But ultimately, what is the greatest treasure in all of heaven is not people's talents, not their abilities, uh, not whether or not they can be used of the Spirit, but whether or not they bear the fruits of Christ. That is true success in the house of God. When I acted like a stinker before, but I don't act like a stinker no more. Whenever I change from my old ways into the ways of God, and now that I begin to bear the image of Christ, now, now we are deeming success whenever we look for fruit more than we look for any other thing in a person's life. Am I bearing the fruits of Christ? But to know him, the Bible says, those who do wickedly against the covenant 
he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and shall carry out great exploits. They that know their God. They that know their God shall be made free. Father, I believe there's a little bit more you want to say today. I believe, Lord God, that in this house you have things ready, ripe, waiting. Lord, I believe, Almighty God, that's a day when we need to begin right now to cry out to a living God, to know you, Lord God, through experience. Look up here at me, if you will. There's coming a day very soon where the church of Jesus Christ will be called out off of this earth, be in the presence of the Lord eternally. There's coming a day after the church departs this earth, Jesus Christ will come again. Every person that ever lived, living, will come before God's throne. The people that have said, Lord, I'm not basing my salvation on my performance. But Lord, I know why I am here. It's because you sacrificed yourself for me. And I accept your sacrifice as being enough for my sins. It cannot be on that day. It's got to be on a day like this where the opportunity is given. Where the opportunity for you to accept Christ is now. Now let me say to you, if you are walking in a place of self-destructive behavior, that self-destructive behavior is not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. And you are going to continue in a path that's going to lead you to hurt yourself, to hurt those that are around you, to leave you in a state of fear. But if you're in this house today and you're just tired of living that way, you're ready to wholly surrender to the Lord. Let me tell you, the God that we speak of, you can know him through experience. And you can know his character, and you can know wherever you're at, and wherever you, whatever you go through, he's going to be right there with you. And he's going to take the battle from you, and you're going to discover you're victorious through him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge, know him. He will direct your path. Worship team, make your way up here right now. There's going to be a couple of things that happen. But before it does, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. I want you to take just a moment. It's still early. 
I've got an important announcement at the end of service and I want you to stick around for. But right now, I'm going to ask first, first off, if you've not wholly surrendered your life to God, I want to give you the opportunity today. You made a wreck of it. Time for change. No matter what, what you're facing tomorrow, what's most important is the decision you make today. I'm going to ask you to come. And I'm going to pray with you. I also want to ask Jennifer and Londra will come. And we're going to pray for Lupe. We're going to believe. We're going to trust this cancer to be destroyed. I'm going to ask Pastor Angel if he'll come. I want some men to gather around him and begin to pray for him. I'm going to ask this morning, Keith, where are you at? Keith, are you in the house? He may be in the back. 